Since now that we are like far, far removed and uh, disconnected from the source. That we have, in a sense, been so subsumed with things that distract us, from take us away from the proper things, from the proper attitude of really attaining and reaching the ability to have Avas Hashem. And the, the, our sins stop us from being able to reach that level. Because we're so torrid and we're so taken away from our ability to properly be mechavin and to think on a deeper level. We're so bothered by external factors, frustrations, bitterness, difficulties, challenges, just basic distraction that stop us from having clarity of mind to reach the full level that, hey, Hashem gave, gave me so much. I, that should bring me to the toiv ha'amiti, which is to have a kar Hashem and have a kar toiv, and then which will memela develop into an avas Hashem. Hine, because now we're stuck in this level, ki chayin toiv la'gever sheyikba itim l'kerem mideyoyim bayoyim or l'fachis kepam befam b'svarim b'maskirim b'yira va'avu chadoyme. That is then incumbent upon us to find time and to be kovei itim to think and, and to really deeply. Contemplate what does it mean, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and what it means for our lives. You know, this is known as what we call a Muster Seder. The problem is, and this is, this is the challenge of life. The challenge of life is when something is robotic. You know, even when you're doing something to help you not be robotic, it can become robotic. I was just speaking about this actually with a, with a, friend, with a friend of mine over Shabbos. How I think it was one of the a certain Rebbe that came to his Rebbe. And he wrote up an entire schedule of what he's going to do. He accounted for every minute of his day. Literally from like Vasikan time until he went to bed at night saying Tukun Chatzois. Literally every single thing, every single minute of the day was accounted for. Every single hour of the day, of course, was accounted for. And he gave it over to his Rebbe to take over and take a look at what he, at, uh, to evaluate what his schedule. And the Rebbe gave it back the next day. And in each of the hours, can you imagine each, each of the hours of the schedule, the Rebbe wrote back, V'chein l'famim l'hepach. Let's say he was saying, I go to Shachar's 8 o'clock in the morning. It says something, and he wrote, he wrote inside the Rebbe, V'chein l'hepach. And he wrote, I, I learned the Gemara this time, V'chein l'hepach. What was the Pshat? The Pshat was, is that you can't become robotic and disengaged. Oftentimes it's such a funny thing. That we can become so robotic in what we're doing that we end up forgetting about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We can even be koveya itim to learn and to talk about and to really to learn Musar, and it's not even about Hashem anymore. It's, it becomes about just because you learn Musar. We always have to account for the fact that there's always this constant tension and challenge of doing something and remembering why we're doing it, because otherwise it can become very robotic. It can become kind of like you become stagnant in what you're doing. You know, one time an Yigman he's talking to his Rebbe. And, uh, and, and his Rebbe said, you know, it's very important, you know, he says, Rebbe, and I apologize, I'm, I'm ruining it, but he says, like, Rebbe, I have, I, I have no time to think about Akadosh Baruch No time to think about Hashem. You know, I wake up in the morning, I, I, I'm, I'm running straight to Shachris. Then after Shachris, I come home, I go straight to first Seder. Then I go to second Seder, then I go to night Seder. I have no time to think about Akadosh Baruch that's such a funny, silly thing. Like, what do you mean? You're sitting and learning Tarsa Hashem. The answer is that because you can become so robotic in what you're doing that you end up becoming detached. So when we're saying over here, that's toiv la'gever she'yikba itim l'kreis midei yoyim b'yoyim alufachus kepam b'fam b'svarim ha'maskirim b'yoyim v'av v'chadoyim to learn svarim that talk about Yerush Hashem is because you have to actively be emotionally engaged. What the Sifrei Musr and the Bali Musr talk about is learning Musr b'hispailus. 
Musr bispilus means it's not just you're reading it. You really have to actively engage all your senses and emotions. Is it as the Salanter called it, with your lips aflame, which means not again. People again still do that robotically, which is that's not what it's about. It's about it's about engaging your entire essence. They talk about in Musr, taking one pasuk. This is what you do in a base on Musr. You take one pasuk and you say the pasuk over and over and over again. It has to engage all parts of yourself. It needs to touch you for real. It can't just be robotic. Kegoyin, for example, which Svarim says the, the Pelioites is Kedai to learn? Rishas Chachma, Vesefer Achasad, Shlav, Vesefer Achasad, Vesefer Habris. But very no, Ula Yesh Tikva. This is very funny. He says, Ula, maybe there's a chance. Lakaim Mitzvah's Liyur La Ava. That you'll ever get to, a, to the Darga of that maybe you'll have Yura and you'll have Ava. Ki Hayyura Nimshechas bin Ava. Perhaps, maybe, because why ultimately? The fear of Hashem, fascinatingly enough, is. It really is a manifestation from your love of Hashem. Oh, because once you really truly love somebody, either it's because you've received something from them, or because you really understand to what degree and how special this person is. This is what we spoke about when we learned Torah Hasidim. We said the definition of Yerushalayim is not a fear of Hashem; it's a reverence and a respect of Hashem. Because once I respect and I understand Hakara who this person is and what this, and what this entity is is that now has implications. The same way that I love and respect my wife, I need to make sure that I don't talk about certain topics that bother her. That I don't bring up certain details. And maybe maybe make certain jokes that she doesn't like. I'm not perfect at that. Believe me, that's the challenge for me, right? But like, the, but <clears throat> that's a human human complexity. But it stems from the fact that I recognize this person as a person. That this person is mechayev how I interact with them, and that's covered. That's yiras Hashem. It's really technically covered Hashem, but it has yira. This is it. Now that I realize what they don't like, I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so therefore, God mitzvahs hayira. He miskayemes machshav levad kamoshin nichtev lakam beir hira. We're going to see later on in Yiras Hashem the idea of yira. It stems from the machshava, from the thought, from the forethought of being around this person. From the machshav of love, of appreciation, of, of, of recognition of that individual, it then stems from that, is the yira, is the roimus, is the respect that you have for that person, and reverence, which then it requires our actions itself. Technically, continuing in the Peleoites, a person could inspire within themselves a love and a fear of Hashem from all, from physical elements as well. All different types of physical interactions in life. You know, they have deal, but they, you know, they talk about it. There actually is a very spiritual element to this, of seeing a beautiful sunset, of seeing a beautiful scene, going up to, you know, they, they talk about Roshan Shafar Hirsch and, uh, and seeing the Swiss Alps. Being able to see the, the... Has anybody here been to the... I mean, Asaf, I'm sure you have. Have you been to the, uh, the Grand Canyon? Right, of course you have. Uh, to me, it's breathtaking. Did you make a bracha? It's machoik, because I'm playing if you make a bracha, and it was a mishesh vibrations, or, or it came out later. We're, we're not going into that. But the point is, it's a breathtaking thing. And these moments of you get like jolted with something, that is a ruchni dikajelt, right? That's a whoa, like, whoa. 
that's something that you can chap onto. They talk about, we mentioned this word before, but in the, the Bali Moshe, they talk about the lashon of hispilus, of having sensitivity towards seeing things. Whether it's that you see something that bothers you and then you take from it a muster to how to get better. Something that you see a pirza. You, you go to a certain community that you're, it's not necessarily a religious community and just driving on Shabbos or maybe couples that are not sanu outside or holding hands. Just like, that bothers me. That, that bothers me. Like, okay, like, because I'm not used to it and because it's not, I'm not used to it, and then it reflects something like, whoa, that should then say, that should then motivate me to inculcate stronger in my own life, in my personal life. I'm talking about now like when you see something beautiful that just touches a certain nerve. That nerve can really inspire a person to become better and more loving of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. <coughs> oh. It's such a funny thing. Like something that is ultimately going to naturally dissipate. It's going to die. It's going to eventually... You, you see a beautiful painting. You see a beautiful... It, it should inspire a certain feeling of like, wow, roomless. But the roomless that, he, that he's saying you should be feeling is that, wow, this thing, which has a shelf life, which is going to be ultimately destroyed, no one's going to remember it at all. And I'm inspired by that because there is something that is naturally something to inspire. So for HaKadosh Baruch has come I should have I should have that sense of roomless and ava for Hashem. Why? Because Hashem is the one who generates the love and the inspiration. That's where all the toiv and the tainug comes from that. I love my master. That I'd rather, if I'm going to have these feelings, I would rather place it and inspire it in the place of Reimus and Avos Hashem rather than a Dabar Gashmi. I feel it anyway, because it is a chalik and a keli that I have. It is a utility that my neshama inspires. If I can apply here, I can for sure apply it in terms as well from a, from a ruchniyastic standpoint. So take that power and that energy that you have for Ra and place it in the Toiv. And then appreciate and then apply it towards the proper things itself. Now it's very funny because this is the challenge of life. The challenge of life is that many, many people, they go through life, they're not for, they don't have forethought. They don't have machshav about what they're doing. They don't really appreciate it. They, they, they enjoy it, but they don't then take it to the next stage and apply it to a proper double Ruchli. Meaning that we're so reactionary, we're, we're, we're always catching up to what we're doing, so therefore we're never really present in our mind to then make this judgment saying, I'm about to do something that's just very powerful and very emotional. I wonder then how can I use that emotion? Not to, again, not to be robotic, not to be too overly uh, um, cerebral is the term. Like to be, everything you're doing, like, okay, how do I apply this to Hashem? Like, but that you should become a dover, a, a dover that's just natural. Something that I'm so impressed by, by Rabbi Burl, by the way, you know, it was, it was a, a couple weeks ago. Something very, very beautiful. I really, really, it really affected me. Rebbe Baruch Hashem, he's you know, he's seen a lot in in his life. He's lived a lot of Yiddishkeit, and Baruch Hashem, Admei Vesem Shanu. And he saw two boys. It was a little first aid. I don't think anybody noticed. Two boys, I guess maybe from downstairs in Yeshiva Tana. The two boys came in, and they were just looking for a safer, like one of the one of the Achirish's farm. And I, I see him looking at them. He didn't even call attention to it. Didn't say anything. He just looks, and I just see his eyes are filled with tears. 
His eyes are filled with tears. And he sees I see him, and I, and I go like, are you okay? And he looks at me and he says, to see 13, 14 year old boys ligging and learning, like mamish excited to learn, gets me so excited. Because you have to understand, when he grew up in the, in, in the 40s and 50s in America, 50s and 60s, to see what was yeshiva, what was yeshiva kite in America? What was yeshiva kite? How many bochum were in yeshiva? <laughs> I, I imagine, you know, the generation before him, see, in, in Chaim Berlin in the, in the 50s, how many people in a, in a class of 20 boys, which is, by the way, that was like a big class. Today, tonight, it's 120 boys in one Mechlakava Kita, right? 20 boys. How many of them actually stayed religious? Unfortunately, I know quite a few people that were, were, in, that, were in the yeshiva at that time. They, many people went through the yeshiva and did not come out and did not stay religious. They went to college. They sometimes, unfortunately, they even married chickses. And to see now the... the <coughs> The ability and the opportunity that we have to sit and learn Torah, the, the structure that we have to see young children excited to learn Torah, and not only that, but to appreciate it on an intellectual level, but to then touch it on an emotional level. I don't think our Rebbe is holding in a place where he's saying, okay, I'm thinking into, in, now intellectually, now I'm thinking emotionally. He is a chefza of just that living that Yiddishkeit, of living that moment. That when he sees something like that, it's naturally flowing out of him saying, wow, I'm so happy to hear that. It's someone who's in touch with themselves and someone who's in touch with the Jewish history. They could appreciate what they've seen. And not only that, they have the values of, wow, you see, they're sitting and learning Torah. Like that, to me, not to take that stuff for granted. We have those, all those opportunities. We can stop for two minutes to just to really appreciate that. You don't have to sit and cry. You don't have to be like, you know, crying all the time. to blubbering like a little baby. But at the same time, to have that sense of achrayis and appreciation, like, wow. And it can be for yourself as well. You can say, listen, I'm, I'm so dispel how, how far I've come. Where have I been? I just heard over Shabbos that somebody said that every person should write their own Megillus Esther. What's Megillus Esther? Everybody has a Megillus Esther because Megillus Esther, each, each detail itself disconnected is not necessarily a story. It's the fact that you put it all together and you see the Hashkach Hashem and you're able, to re, you're able to reflect on how it occurred. That gives you tremendous Avas Hashem. That gives you, you see the Yeshua Hashem to see where I came from, where I am today. Can you imagine, like, this is where I started from, this is where I'm going? And it could be even something that it's not so extreme. Just be like, simply like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed myself. You go into details of your own self. But to write down your Megillus Esther, to appreciate, and that <coughs> will generate within us the sense of emotion and connectivity that will bring us to Abbas Hashem. It's like, wow, Gosh Baruch you didn't have to do that for me. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I put myself forward. I, I made my, my decisions. But the fact that I'm able and to be Baal Shatar, to be sitting and learning in Torah, that's not a simple thing. That's not a simple thing that no generation should ever take for granted because our, the human history, the last 2,000 something years, the Jewish history, what's it, what has it been? The default has been we're running away and we're, we're, we're trying not to get killed. And the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us opportunity to live b'menucha, b'yeshiva, no pun intended, b'yeshiva, sit and to learn and to appreciate what we're doing, that's something that a person should never ever take for granted. That applies in a myriad of different ways. That means if you're able to learn, to, you know, boy, men and women, the opportunity to sit and learn, it's not a dover pashit. You should never take that for granted. That we're not packing up our bags. That we don't, you know, some Jewish history has shown that some families and some, some communities had like kind of like a, a plan B. They were constantly thinking, okay, if I'm not able to stay here, where else can we go? Do they have a bag, they have a bag packed in their, in their closet to make, if they need to be pulled out of their house last second, they have no somewhere to go. That was Jewish history. We have to appreciate that. Maybe, okay, maybe we're too comfortable. Everything, like everything, there's a balance. But ultimately, to appreciate that thing, and through the appreciation, through the hakara, through the hispilus and the emotion, 
It can be mar- it can be mashpi on us how we can be better at Oyave Hashem. Okay, Mr. Hashem is Barakaltu, Abdu Tava.